Hey, welcome back to the Travels with Dante podcast. I'm here with Father Branson. We're with Dante and Virgil as they climb out of the Malibolge of the Hypocrites and get into the Den of the Thieves. And as they're climbing up this slope, uh, because they've been tricked by the demon, Virgil is kind of cooling off because he's gotten tricked. And Dante gets really tired by the climb. And so now we have Virgil giving him a good, good little pep talk. Yeah, so like it takes Virgil a bit to kind of figure out their route, and they're actually figuring it out as they're going along. And if you've ever been like bouldering, and you're trying to like figure out the like problem, like which way do you go? And he, so he's like ahead figuring this out, and then giving instructions to Dante behind him as they like climb and figure it out. And as they're scrambling, actually, Dante stops and is like trying to catch his breath. And Virgil gives this, like, great pep talk. Uh, He says, like, you must shake off your sluggishness. For no one comes to fame who sits in soft pillows of down or lies at ease in bed. And when his life is wasted utterly, he leaves such traces of himself behind as smoke and air or foam upon the sea. Get up, then. Conquer your distress with that brave soul that wins through every fight, unless it should turn weak beneath the flesh's weight. So if you think about it, like even just like a bodily level, like you don't get stronger just by sitting there. Yeah, and right. in fact, you actually, you atrophy. And like, that's such a huge thing. It's your, when you don't use your muscles, like you lose them. Yeah, exactly. Like it actually takes, like you have to like go and exercise and you grow in something literally by doing it. And that's part of this journey, like this thing as well is like even in the faith, right? People are almost like, I, I grow into the faith and once I conquer this sin, like I'm good and then I can like stop there. Like that, I, they have that idea of it. And it's like, no, 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 you actually like, have to keep going and you have to keep walking you have to be a pilgrim which is why like working out and we see it in like saint paul gives a lot of the example of the athlete is such a good example for like yeah, growing in our faith because it's something that like you continue to grow and you continue to increase and like there i mean there are so many analogies you can draw like getting started after a yeah. while and like how it takes a while to get back to the same place you were the pain of like being sore after you work out. Not only that, but especially in working out, you need a guide. Mm-hmm. You need a guide in the sense of because if you have bad form when exercising, you can break, you can, you can injure your yourself, body, yeah. right? Like like form method matters, mm-hmm. and it's actually the same in the spiritual life, right? Like method matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why Jesus says like I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So method like matters. So he's following, and at some point he's like teacher let's climb down so he can actually he doesn't understand what he's seeing below in this malabolge which is this like mass this confusing mass of snakes and people and people turning into snakes and snakes turning into people and you find out as you said like this like weird confusing thing is the like den of thieves and so it's interesting like It's people, like, that are, like, inviting each other and, like, around each other. They keep turning back and forth. And part of the reason for this is, like, because it's a weird thing, right, to be, like, physically transformed. And so, first of all, it's imagery of, like, the serpent of cunning from Scripture, from from Genesis, like, the fall, who, like, tempts Adam and Eve of, like, taking God's property, what isn't theirs. But then the second part is, is, like, the idea of a thief is that they don't respect boundaries, they don't respect the boundary of this is not mine. This does not belong to me. I don't have a right to it. So in like not respecting that boundary, they get exactly what they want where like 
their boundaries are like not respected with each other. So it's like, I take from you, you take from me and the boundaries are confused. So they keep changing back and forth and taking from each other. These like different forms of like snake or person. And so the same thing, like we see that the sinner is married to the sin. That like what they wanted in life was to take what wasn't theirs. And so their whole existence for the rest of eternity is going through and taking the other bodies and fighting over this humanity, which they only have for a certain amount of time. And it's and it's fraud too, right? Because we're in the sense of fraud. It's fraud right. in the sense of like, it's a lie to say like, what's yours actually belongs to me and I have a right to it. Like there's something dishonest about that about like respecting boundaries and so that's part of this thing of like like we would i think we'd be surprised that like thieving is so far down and like we think of like thieving as like not that big of a deal but it creates like so much distrust but also it's this lie of like not respecting boundaries and it's funny like the person that he first meets vani fucci who he knows from pistoia he's like he says to virgil he's like don't like He's like, tell him not to sneak off. I need to know what brought him here because I knew him as a man of wrath and blood, meaning he probably should have been in the, like, violence to others. Mm -hmm. But he tells the truth. He's like, I don't want to tell you, but basically I stole from the sacristy. I stole from a church, uh, like, vestments. Like, those vestments, like, like the, like, really beautiful, like, cloth and, like, material that's used for, like, the celebration of Mass like, which would be expensive, like, he stole for himself. So actually, like, especially here, like, what should belong to God, he, like, took for himself. And then he, again, like, also predicts in some way Dante's exile. And then, like, in Canto 25... <laughs> he flicks him off. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, like it's all of these different, like, thieves that are mentioned from, like, different aspects of life and, like, Roman mythology and Greek and, like, all of these ones. And you have the centaur as well. And then this like moment of watching them be transformed and like the vast majority of Kanto 25. It's it, medieval body horror. Yeah, it really is. Is this, this this description of this like really horrifying scene of being changed. And you were mentioning like the Animorphs. Yeah. I just remember those from like sitting in the public library. Always the cool pictures of, you know, some like middle schooler getting turned into a bow constrictor. Like, But it's the same thing as you were saying. It's like the boundary breaks down. And so, like, the boundary between man and snake is, like, blurred. And Dante, like, despite being, like, the great poet that he is, even says at the end, like, if this has caused confusion, keep in mind, like, this was a weird. Yeah, this was weird for me, too. Each former <laughs> countenance was canceled out. The image in perversion seemed both two and nothing. Even in, like, if you have a society of everybody stealing from each other, like, people actually own nothing because everything can, there's no stability at all in life. And so there's, like, no stability in this. And he pulls a lot from Ovid and Lucan and actually says, like, be silent, Lucan, be silent, Ovid. Like, he pulls a lot in this, like, scene from those. But it's, like, a pretty, like, pretty much the whole canto is this, like, gross imagery. Uh, the soul who had become a beast slithered across the valley with a hiss, and he behind the serpent spoke and spat. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty, like, and that's, like, the whole canto is this, like, description of it right and when we talk about like fraud being not only an offense against the people that you're with but an offense against like the entire idea of goodness what thievery does is it destroys the entire idea of safety mm -hmm. like when you're robbed yeah, you feel like the boundary has been destroyed and like you have no idea who you could trust ever again really 
Yeah, it does a lot more damage than we think. And I even think about like when I was watching the show about scam rap, which is like rap that tells you like step by step how to scam people. Mm. And uh, one of the scam rappers was basically like, look, like this stuff is not that big of a deal. Like, yeah, we're scamming credit cards, but the credit card companies cover this. So this is really a victimless crime. And they paired that then with an FBI agent talking about this. And the FBI agent was like, this is not a victimless crime because of all the scams and all the money that's taken. Credit card companies actually have to raise the interest rate like pretty high in order to make up for that. And who are those that are affected most by the interest rates going up? The poor. So the poor that are like doing like scams to get out of it are saying, look, this is a victimless crime. This doesn't affect anybody. And he's like, look, in reality, this causes the interest rates to go up and this actually affects the poor more than anyone else. And so it's a lie. And it's actually like decreases the stability of it. But if you can like blame the corporation for that and not yourself, then you think that it's no big deal and it's a victimless crime. And that's actually not true. Right. The whole Robin Hood mentality, the steal from the rich, good to the poor, is like, is always like a detriment to the people you love. And even that is a reaction to the corruption of the like rich, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always like a reaction that is like justifying. And it's not based upon personal sins that become structural sins. And so it's like, we got to work on these like personal sins, but you can always justify it in a like, quote unquote, like corrupt society. Oh, one thing with thievery, like before we move on, I guess, is like most of the time, it, the most innocent are the ones who are most affected by like thievery. Like you, you look at like the target of most phone scams are always like elderly people. Like they, they target people who like will be trusting of, you know, that Nigerian prince who calls up telling you about the inheritance that's coming. Like That's more an email. I don't think they're calling anybody. <laughs> no, they do. They do. Okay, the phone calls I get are all like, oh, your insurance. We need you to call in and confirm your car insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joke's on you. I don't have a car. Yeah. Well, and, it, and if I ever got a genuine call from one of those things, I wouldn't answer it because I don't trust, you know? I think mm-hmm. that it's all a scam. You know, yeah. again, like, it breaks down all levels of societal trust. Mm-hmm. And so it's a tangled mess. And society becomes a tangled mess. And that's actually how this ends. He's Yeah, like you mentioned, he says, if my pen has left matters a little tangled, let the strange nature of it excuse me. And so he's like, look, this was like so weird. It's actually difficult to articulate through poetry. And yeah, that finishes out the Den of Thieves. Yeah, we've got three Malibolges left. That'll bring us to the end of the Malibolges. So we'll see you next time on the podcast.